0: I've been thinking over the events of the past 20 months, and I have to wonder, how can people lie so eloquently, so easily, and not have any kind of conscience whatsoever? Tell me lies, tell me sweet little
1: lies. Yeah, that's
0: it, ticket. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I want to welcome you to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Today I've got a few things that I want to kind of share with you, a couple of things to get off my chest. and, And in the middle of all this, I want to go back 20 months and maybe give you a message of hope, hard to believe, finding a message of hope in such a troubled time as as now. We're being lied to. You know it and I know it. Our government lies to us, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's the effectiveness of these vaccines that are not effective. And I'm being very legitimately honest about this. I know a lot of people that thoroughly believed everything they've been told. And they've been willing partners in trying to stop this horrible pandemic that has threatened our planet, this plague on the planet that came out of a lab. And for 20 months, we've had one lie after another, after another, a changing narrative. Yet there's still a large group of people that are so forgetful, that go from lie to lie systematically and so easily. They want to believe. I think about that Top 40 radio song from like 50 years ago. Reason to believe. If I listen long enough to you, I'll find a way to believe that it's all true. Knowing that you lied, straight face while I cried. Yet I look to find a reason to believe. This is is where we're at emotionally with so many people today. They've been hurt. They live in fear. They believe everything to grasp a little tiny bit of hope. Because in their own life, many don't have any real hope except this life. That, my friend, is sad. I'll share more about hope a little later in the program today. The systematic lies that have been out there. We were told beyond any doubt by the media by Dr Fauci and everybody else Peter Daszak Eco Health Alliance what does he have to do with a pandemic he's a zoologist who spent lots of american taxpayer money funded by Dr Fauci in Wuhan China and man when this pandemic first broke last year They were out ahead of it with emails we now have. This is not speculation. In essence, how do we cover this up? How do we destroy the idea that this came out of a lab? People that made such a suggestion were ridiculed, told they're liars and fake news. Yet now we know it's true. A year ago, actually over a year ago, way back in April of last year when I was still doing what was known as your weekend show, just a once a week hour program. I was working in emergency management out of state and I was still producing the weekend radio program. And I told you then, what I had already learned from my work, this was most likely all signs pointed to a man-made virus in a lab. Said that last April. Yet, if you turned on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, Washington Post, New York Times, you name any mainstream media. The Trump-hating mainstream media. Conservative-hating, family-value-hating mainstream media. (laughs) Government-loving, big government-loving mainstream media. They want to be just like the big power brokers in Germany in the 1930s. They love the idea of fascism because the elites get even wealthier because they don't have as much competition. But moving right along, I I made the statement from the information I was seeing working early in this pandemic that all roads led to China and a virus that may have started in a bat somewhere in, in China, but had been played with and most likely escaped out of a lab, most likely in or around Wuhan. That's what we knew. Yet the mainstream media is telling everybody else it's not true. It's just a natural thing. It came out of a meat market, wet market, whatever. We don't know how it happened, but it's a terrible thing. We can't blame our friends in China. China's trying to scare the stuffing out of us, showing fake videos that they made of people walking down the street, clutching onto their necks and their face, falling over, their legs kicking as they suddenly die of corona on the street. And everybody in America is seeing this and they know this virus is sitting there in China and now we hear it's gotten out to Italy. And it's made its way into other parts of the world. Could the United States be next? Amazing how the event, Event 201, that was held in October of 2019. Tabletop exercise about a Corona type virus getting into animal life and making the jump to kill humans. And how do we respond? With lies, bunch of sweet little lies I went to the store the other day and, and I'm looking at people. I'm, I've been observing people that depending where you live and when, what towns you go. When I'm over in Okeechobee, Florida, which I'm at during the first part of this week, you go into a store and very, very, very few people are wearing any kind of face covering, just a handful, maybe a few older people, people that are still afraid and somehow believe that this magic mask is going to protect them from a a microscopic virus. It's not true. They don't. But they, they listen for a reason to believe that the magic mask will save them and the vaccine they just took won't kill them. It'll preserve them from getting COVID. How many people How many people believed everything that Pfizer and company and Moderna and others were saying? You know, to me, it's just very strange. And and I I still think about this when I look at the big lie. And who's really behind all of this pandemic and why? Do I believe there's something out there that is life-threatening to a portion of the population? Yeah, I do. Do I think they ever really isolated the genome of this virus? Not back in February of last year they didn't, or March or April or May. I think there's a lot of missing information. And so many things were done last year that I look back now. And I look at the beginning of the pandemic. Where we as a nation went to, how many people's lives were destroyed and changed on a dime. How many businesses have closed forever. Police powers of the state just locking you out of your business and a way to make a living. Too bad. Too bad you don't qualify for any help. Too bad you don't qualify for unemployment because well, you're just a poor little business owner. Lose your savings, lose your house, lose it all. We don't care. And of course, you're deemed unessential, as I said yesterday. Yet all the government workers. Whether it be a city, whether it be a county or a state, or the federal government, of course, everybody was essential of their government. Even if what they did had no bearing on a, on a crisis, like parts and recreation people, you know, what? why were they deemed essential if you were locked down and not allowed to go to a park? But they were deemed essential, and their paychecks continued. And they met occasionally uh, a couple of days a week on a little Zoom meeting, answered a couple of emails, and their paycheck was direct deposited to their bank account, whenever payday was. And some even took vacation time and still accumulated retirement benefits. While people that own gyms, which are a healthy place to be to keep healthy, especially in the face of a virus, they're being shut down and destroyed. Restaurants shut down and destroyed. Small businesses shut down and destroyed. Schools closed. Parents did find out with Zoom learning just how horrible our education system really is. What a scam education has become. I talked about it yesterday. The dumbing down of America, people that can't make anything, do anything, have reason or common sense to accomplish anything. And very few have drive. They just do what little job they're given and hope, if they go on to college, they're going to get some big job in gender studies or computer sciences. And I know computer science is legit. Don't get me wrong. But not everybody can create a video game. Not everybody's going to be a specialist for things like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Not everybody, we, we don't need 30 million people that are influencers on Twitter. It doesn't, we don't need that many people doing that. And I challenge today even the value of Twitter. It's a tiny amount of people doing 95% of the, of the screaming and yelling. Is it really worth going there anymore? My answer is generally not. Even Facebook I think is beginning to run its course. I really do. I mean, why do you think that Mark Zuckerberg is already looking to the wonderful technical future of our world? I'll be talking about that maybe on Friday. The advances of our technology and how how what's good and what's bad, what's dangerous? And where we are today. You know, I read an article I ran into the other day. And I wanted to share a few bits and pieces when I talk about the sweet little lies. I I had a feeling last year when I'm working in emergency management. And believe me, I, I really wanted to do the job for this large county because I truly cared about the outcome. Remember, we are being told this is early on. To expect in our little county, well, not so little, it's actually a pretty large county, that by the summer of 2020, like eh, July, August, end of July, mid-July, early August, 3,000 people would be dead from this virus. 3,000. Overwhelmed hospitals. It was going to be just panic. This is going to be the apocalypse, the four horsemen running and knocking people down with with this virus. And so what did I do? I did what I was trained to do back in the days that I was in emergency management. I faced the challenge, worked with others. We found a way to literally store 3000 bodies if that should occur. Knowing that funerals would be stopped and hospitals plugged up, you know, and and people having to be in gymnasiums and auditoriums, in storage facilities. We spent millions of dollars of all this corona money sent to the counties to do exactly what we were told to prepare for this massive wave. By the time May came around, I would have expected to see. Many hundreds of people had died leading up to these last weeks before the summer. And it wasn't happening. So I I felt very bad about the money I'm taking from taxpayers. And I said, listen, I'm going to head to our home in Georgia for a little while. Get off your payroll. And I'll wait a little bit to see if anything changes. If things are slowing down, then it's time for me to move on. And by the summer where 3,000 should have been dead, I think it was allegedly 40, maybe 50. And even of those, half were questionable as people in nursing homes, in their 80s, COPD, other ailments. In other words, the narrative wasn't adding up. And I felt like I was being scammed a little bit. Sorry, but I, I felt it. I felt like there's something they're not telling us They're saying this is so horrible, lethal, and deadly. And you've got the media pounding it into people's heads 24-7. We have Dr. Fauci saying the only way out of this pandemic is going to be a vaccine. And that's going to be years away. Years and years away because, you know, vaccines take a lot of time to develop. And then then we don't know if they're going to work and we don't know if they're safe. And, And, you know, a typical vaccine may take anywhere from... From five to 15 years, most averaging about 10 years. And the majority of these new novel type of vaccines become total failures. Like 80% 80 never make it past the three-year testing mark. But somehow last year, somehow last year, we get the word that we have vaccines in the pipeline. And that happened, of course, immediately after the election. So to make sure that the current occupant of the White House could never get credit, they wanted to get rid of him. And suddenly we have these novel and just incredible miracles of science. You know, the science, follow the science. and, And the scientists say, Pfizer says, Moderna, the company that never made a penny on anything, getting ready to make, you know, kitty vaccines because they have no income. A company founded roughly in 2011 with great promises of all this wonderful mRNA technology, they're going to cure everything from the common cold to cancer with their stuff. And everything they have is a total failure. There's nothing but there's nothing but people. It's like a revolving door of personnel whether it be science, whether it be anything, at Moderna, it was just a total disaster. In 2019, there were people on Wall Street wondering if this company was just going to fold and go under and blow away. But somehow... Somehow they got into wa- Operation Warp Speed, and so did Pfizer, so did Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, and, and a bunch of others. And suddenly, miracle of miracles, right after the United States election, we find out we don't even have one. We have four vaccine candidates <laughs> ready to go. I think three in the United States and a, and a couple of others elsewhere that all appeared suddenly in the middle of November. First doses given in December How did they get the long-term studies? in? of course they didn't. We know that. So we have Vaximania now. And it's sponsored by the same experts who masterminded this entire COVID overreaction. Including Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky at the CDC, all the Democrat governors, Canadian, Australian governments, and the media. And this pandemic, man, has it changed the world? Has it changed everything? lockdowns, closures, mass testing. How did we have all these tests that work so well so suddenly? Too many things fell into place too quickly. And everybody believed that they're all going to die. I can remember a relative of my wife when her daughter came down with COVID. People are saying, so when do you expect her to die? And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> the daughter's like in her 30s? Come on. And and this this... Weird fear, a mockery of biology and science like I've never seen before in my life. The media just continuing this thing like this is the bubonic plague. This is the Spanish flu times times 10 and worse. And after nine months of this Vaximania, there are three people... Several that I know that have died from the vaccine, not from Corona. Go figure that one out. You know, the best way to describe it, somebody wrote an article saying that that, that the people selling this vaccine remind them of timeshare salespeople. Pressure, pressure, pressure. If you don't act right now, it's going to be everlastingly too late. You're going to miss out. Going to miss out. Recently like these enthusiastic timeshare uh, thieves. They play play loose with the facts. They have some dodgy data that doesn't make any sense, that's carefully cherry-picked, trying to explain that the vax makes you better off than the unvaxed. And when you dig in deeper and deeper and deeper, if these vaccines worked as we were told, Back in January, told back in December, get your two, you know, like come in today, come in in three, four weeks. And man, you're going to get your life back, take your face mask off for you. You're back to 2019. How did that work out for you? How did it work out? It didn't. My fear is these timeshare salesmen of vaccines. You know, you look at places like United Kingdom, Israel, Ireland, Iceland, Vermont. The data has been somewhat objective and open-minded, and we're seeing increasing numbers of the vaccinated are becoming infected, landing in the hospital and dying. Hence, hence, this is this never is, never was, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yet, with this singular desire—I mean, almost satanic in nature. Everybody's got to be jabbed, even little children. Medical doctors, well-respected prior to the pandemic, are challenging the narrative. And, of course, they're being shut down by the Twitters as fake news. They're being shut down by the Facebooks as misinformation. Our own federal government that has lied to us and lied to us and lied to us nonstop. They're the ones that are empowering these phony timeshare vaccine salesmen. People are being deplatformed, being kicked off social media, being ridiculed, mocked, and slandered. As they try to tell the truth, it's right out there if you have the eyes to see and the will to look. It doesn't take any manipulation of the data to give you the truth. Like timeshares, they have their, you know, they, they tell you, the tri- you know, when you buy a timeshare, you know, hey, it's going to pay for itself. They, they forget to tell you about the low maintenance fees keep climbing at a warp speed and how you're stuck. Just like these vaccines, it's not, not two shots. Now we're talking booster, booster three. Some countries now are at four and heading toward five. And these companies that manufacture this stuff, they're loving every bit of it. You want to know why? Perpetual profits. They don't want a cure. They want customers. They are so determined to take your money. It has nothing to do with the health of your children. We know from 20 months of data that young children, if they even get COVID, which is a tiny risk, they get over it rapidly and they do just fine. And now they have antibodies to protect them in the future. They're also one of the most inefficient spreaders to adults. Wearing of a face mask on a child does nothing in stopping COVID spread. That's a bunch of baloney. Every legitimate study on a face mask done in the last 20 months has proven that, yet Fauci still lies, and he has no conscience. His conscience is pricked, seared, removed. The Pfizer vax, all of them, they don't do as advertised, and in some cases may do more harm than good. The injections' benefits were keeping most people out of the hospital and dying. That was easy to attain, whether you had a vaccine or not. I've known people that got decent and proper treatment, young and old alike, and they recovered rapidly and they're in great health today. Those that went through the standard protocol of let your lips turn blue before you come back, in other words, get too sick, where you're almost on death's door, they don't fare so well. And many that got remdesivir, or they, they have kidney issues or they got on a ventilator and they're dead. It's almost like they wanted more people to die. And I truly believe that those that have yielded their souls to Satan, didn't care if you lived or died. These vacs have not improved. These vaccines did not improve the outcomes. The death toll in 2021 is much higher, much higher than the vaccine-free summer of 2020. All these shots were never needed and the long-term effects have not yet been counted. On the other side of the break, I'm gonna change gears, and I'm gonna take you back about 20 months. And we're gonna kind of just reset everything in our minds. And in spite of how things appear today, there really is hope. Now, do you believe in the work that we're doing here at Truth to Ponder? We're doing a lot, and we're, we're trying to expand shortwave. God's calling me to do some other ministry work. I'm just trying to figure it all out. Would you pray for me? And if you can help us financially with the airtime bill, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Number 3248. That's in Crestview, Florida, 32536. Crestview, Florida, 32536. Once again, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 Crestview, Florida, 32536. And, and your help is greatly appreciated. You can also find out more and give from the website, which is truth2ponder.com. That's truth2ponder.com. This is
2: Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Entering the Rechem. Shalom Aleichem, this is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get, and you're going to love it in a moment. Now in John 3, Messiah says to Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again. Nicodemus says, but how can can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born? Well, it's important to know something really interesting. In Hebrew, the Hebrew Aramaic being spoken, the word for womb is rechem, rechem. Now, that's also the word from which we get the word mercy, racham or rachamim, rechem. Rechem is linked to the womb, and the womb is linked to mercy. Now, Nicodemus is saying, how can a man go back to his mother's womb? You know, you can't do that. The womb is the beginning place. He can't go back. There's nothing before the womb. That's it. That's it. But it's such a beautiful picture of God's mercy. See, God's mercy is a rechem, it's a womb in which there's nothing before. It's the beginning. You can't enter a womb. But you can enter God's mercy, his Rechem, his Rachamim. And God's mercy is like a womb that brings forth a new birth. Everything becomes new in God's mercy. You become born again and the sins are washed away. It's new. So when you come into God's mercy, it's a Rechem, a womb. There's no past. It's all washed away. You become newborn. It doesn't matter what you've done, what, doesn't matter how, how much you messed up in the Lord. God's mercy is the Rechem that makes all things completely new. Can a man go back in his mother's womb? No. And you can't go back into the past. But you don't have to because you can right now enter the Rechem, the womb of God's mercy in which there is no past, which all things are new, as new as a newborn babe. Want more? Ask for the Rachamim, the mystery of God's mercy. Now, what if you could receive daily vitamins guaranteed to strengthen your spiritual walk with God, a six month supply for free? Well, you can. Sapphires, daily spiritual vitamins for victorious walk with God, updates on Israel prophecy, and the incredible mystery of the temple doors are all free. You'll love it. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1 800 Yeshua 1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1 800. Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. They can actually spread salvation around the world for very little through shortwave radio from the Arctic Circle to Israel. It's amazing. It's like sending a billion tracks around the world. Out, just call 1 800 Yeshua 1. That's Y E S H U A 1. And you will be blessed. Or write me direct. Nice Jewish boy at box 1111 Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644 That's the Nice Jewish boy, box 1111 Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 076 44. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Enter the Rechem, the mercy of God, and all things will become new. In Messiah, Yeshua. Yeshua. Shuatenu, your salvation.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder for this Wednesday. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I'm so glad that so many of you listen each and every day. Tomorrow, I believe Jim Calhoun is going to step up to the plate and help out interview that I had planned for today may be pushed off till next week. I'll tell you more about that maybe on Friday or maybe next Monday when we have a better handle. Right now, I wanna really just take you back. 20 months, 20 months ago. I can remember even a little longer than that. Let's go back maybe like 23 months ago, Christmas 2019. What a wonderful time that was for many of us. I had so many plans for 2020 that I wanted to do for God's kingdom. Things that I had been thinking about doing now that I was in my, quote, retirement years, I could begin to do and spend time doing, and including helping plant some churches and other things. And, and then we started seeing some news stories. We didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it back in January, just like, oh, some kind of a virus in China, who, who noticed? We began to notice. And I remember my wife and I had come back to Florida from our home in Georgia, oh, in the middle part of January of 2020. And I, I had a lot of plans to help a small church and just a lot of other things needed to be done. And I couldn't wait to roll up my sleeves and get busy. And and the church I was helping, small little congregation, um, it, it really, it, it's an elderly mostly congregation, to be quite honest. But I had some some ideas of helping it grow and attracting younger families and getting it into a different location. And it was in the middle of all that, I got a phone call from a friend of mine that I'd worked with years before in emergency management talking about what we've been seeing in the news. And he said, you've been following the news? And I said, a little bit. I said, so what's the story? And then he started telling me about these millions of people that'll die and this and that in the United States this year. And if we don't do something about it, we're all going to be in big trouble. Would you like to come out of retirement? I need your help. I need my team. And I agreed to make the trip. And of course, you know the rest of the story. But before I went and right about the time that he and I were first talking, we still didn't really know. I had my opportunity to preach to that congregation. I want to take you back 20 months. And the things that I said then, I pretty much feel identically the same way about those things today. My mind is still made up that in spite of everything, there is still hope. The hope is not in the ballot box. The hope is found in Jesus Christ. Stop looking at politics to save us from all this. Find your hope in Jesus Christ. Let's go back 20 months ago with this message. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of hearing your word, studying your word, may you open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, but most important, our hearts to receive that which you have for us. For this I ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm glad to see you here today. Has anybody, by chance, watched the news at all? Or are we kind of out of it and we just ignore it? A little of both. I'm seeing something in my lifetime that I don't think has been around since the Second World War. This fear in the hearts of people. There are two words that Jesus says over and over and over again to his own disciples who follow him, who should know better than most. What are those two words? Fear Fear not. Fear not. Whether you're out on the water, fear not. Whatever this world brings to us, fear not. This is the lesson of scripture, to fear not. Now, obviously in our human nature, that's easier said than done. I have watched for several weeks, as all of you have, as this crisis, I guess, that is sweeping the land, has driven people to fear Everything. People are fearing the Lord's body and blood. My God, I might get something. If Jesus is truly present, I have a hard time believing that. I was talking to a good friend of mine. He has been an emergency manager for a long, long time. I worked for him for about five years. He called me up last night And we chatted about what's going on in this world today and how their community up in North Carolina, if anybody knows where Asheville and Buncombe County is, he started telling me all the things that they're doing. He said, basically it's what you and I did back with the N1H1 all over again. He said, how would you like to make some extra money? I said, How's that? Um, I kind of need you up here. Would you want to come up to North Carolina in about a week or two and spend a month up here to run the Emergency Operations Center? I said, Yeah, why not? For that kind of money, why not? We are preparing for what we, in our minds, for the maximum of maximums. That's a term that Fred Fugate, the former, Head of FEMA once said, We prepare for the maximum of maximums, we hope that they never occur. I never thought in my 65 years that I would see the price of two rolls of Charmin being worth more than crack cocaine on the street. <laughs> but we've come to this point of fear. We've lost rationality, and many live in fear. Of course, I'm going to take precautions. We should all take precautions every flu season, though many don't, which is why many get the flu to begin with. We are probably seeing a lot of young teenagers wash their hands for the very first time on a regular basis because they don't want to come down with this. My heart shares this message with you today. Listen, trust, and fear not. You know, even the disciples after Jesus' ascension that ministered all over the known world, they gave their life for the cause of Christ, yet they feared not. Martin Luther, in his hymn, A Mighty Fortress, alludes to the fact it's not what somebody can do to your body, it's what the enemy can do to steal your soul that you must remember. Fear not in this transient life. Today we heard a reading from the book of Psalms, one of my favorites, and those that remember the old liturgy of morning prayer, or in some churches, matins, how often do we sing this, come, let us sing unto the Lord, let us make a joyful noise, the rock of our salvation. You you hear all these words, and normally we stop the music halfway into verse 7, for he is our God, and we are the sheep of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. And I think a lot of people think that's the entire summation of the 95th Psalm. But it didn't end there, and we didn't end it there today. The other half of verse 7 Today, if ye hear his voice, harden not your heart. As in the provocation, as in the day. Of temptation in the wilderness. The Psalmist is referring to what we saw in our Old Testament lesson. We have no water. We're thirsty. We want something to drink. The children of Israel leaving Egypt has always been a fascinating study for me. For Quite a long time, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, was held in captivity as slaves in the country of Egypt. And they mourned and they cried to be released from this bondage. Get us out of Egypt. We are tired of the slave labor, we are tired of being whipped, we are tired. Of being oppressed. We are tired. Of living in fear. And God sends them a Moses. To lead them out of captivity. To lead them out of bondage. And we see. The hand of God. In miracle after miracle. Preparing them to be released. From the bondage of Egypt. And eventually, after the Passover, Pharaoh relents and off they go, though they were pursued. God parted the water for them to escape and then drowned the horsemen in the sea. Remember that psalm, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. Yet the children of Israel, after seeing all that God could do, what did they do for the next 40 straight years? They complained, they murmured, they failed to trust. You know why they had to be in the wilderness for 40 years? So every one of the ones that left Egypt would be dead, and only their descendants would arrive. God had to purge the unbelief out of his own people in the desert. You know how many miles it is from where they were in Egypt to the Promised Land? That's the longest 35 mile journey ever known to mankind, being wandered around the desert, 40 years. 40 years. They made it roughly 40 miles. It wasn't a long trip. Remember, Mary and Joseph made the trip from Jerusalem in a, in a couple of days with that donkey. They were blinded in the wilderness and didn't know where they were for 40 years. Even after everything that God had done, Moses strikes the rock, there's water. We have no food, there's manna. Boy, the onions back in Egypt sound good. Shut up. There are two words that God said to his people in those 40 years over and over and over again. Those are don't murmur. Don't complain and talk to me under your breath. I am the Lord your God who has delivered you out of the Pharaoh's hand of Egypt after how many years of bondage they didn't even remember a time in their history that they were free. It had been so long. Yet God performs miracles, and they still complained. They still looked unto their own personal needs and their own personal desires and their own personal fears. That's why they wanted to go back to Egypt. You have brought us out into this desert. We have nothing. We have no food. We have no water. We have no, no, we do we Let's go back to Egypt. We had food there, so we had to work a little. Notice how the mind forgets. Not long ago I did a radio show and I'm talking about how our minds deceive us, how we think, how great things were back in 1973 or 1971. And you think of the music, the people, oh, it was just great. And then if you really search your memory banks, you suddenly remember all the things that went wrong, all the difficulties you faced, friendships that fell apart. We conveniently forget the bad and remember the good. The good old days were not necessarily all that good. They were like any other day, filled with good, Bad, indifferent. In these days, weeks, and months ahead, we will see this crisis pass. We're not all going to die. And even if we did, if we trust Jesus as our Savior peace be unto us for he is with us Jesus told his disciples as he left this earth lo I am with you always even unto the end of this age this world this time this understanding that we live in for see God is not confined this is a discussion I've had with a number of people my wife included we have to recognize something about the sovereignty of God. He's not trapped in the, in the dynamics we understand and the dimensions in which we live. Today, yesterday, and tomorrow are all in his hand, for he dwells in all of it. He transcends our time and our space, and we have a hard time in our human mind understanding what that means. One of the things that our our brethren in some churches miss when it comes to communion. And it took me a while to wrap my head around it when I was studying for the diaconate. Even though I had always talked about the real presence in the communion service, it finally dawned on me when I finally understood the word used in Scripture for do this in remembrance of me, animatesis which means bringing the things of the past into the present as in real time. That's kind of a hard concept. We say it in our prayer every Sunday here, and those not yet here. We're not talking about those that should be here that live in Port St. Lucie or Stewart. We're talking about those not even born yet that will be a part of Christ's triumphant church those not even here yet. We're praying for those that haven't even been born yet. And in our communion, we are drawn into this momentary dynamic that God lives in, that transcends all time and all space. We commune with all the believers from the beginning unto the end of this age. And we don't realize it. That psalm, that psalm, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Forty years ago, I was grieved with this generation, and I said, it is a people that do err in their hearts. They err in their heart. You know, poor Israel, given for our example They had this bad habit of being blessed so much by God than taking him thoroughly for granted, forgetting all about all the things he has done. And they ceased to worship and give him praise and honor and glory that he is due. And God, in his mercy and in his sovereignty, obliges them, fine. You do it your way, I'm going to go over here for a season. And with that hand of protection gone, they keep getting enslaved. You wanna be in bondage to your sin? Let me show you what bondage really feels like. These days and weeks ahead, for many will be a challenge Many are afraid, I get it, I understand it. And I get to help alleviate fears if I get called and head up to North Carolina for a season to help be a public information officer to get information out, and hopefully stop the panic a little bit. They say they want to flatten this curve. I get it. In other words, instead of having it spike and a lot of people having it all at once, they want to flatten that curve where less will be exposed. And I think that all the dramatic measures we're taking, we haven't seen these kind of measures since 1918 being taken with a medical problem. It's been a long time. And we'll get through it like we do every year. I will not live in fear. That's just me. I believe what God's word says. That's why I'm here. I asked the question yesterday, are we meeting or not? Not that I wanted to not, I just wanted to know if anybody else was gonna be here or not. I'm happy to be here. One of my favorite hymns which is really for the transfiguration, "Tis good Lord to be here, thy glory fills this place." We are here in his presence and in his glory. Because this is the real hospital we need for ourselves and our lives and our spirit to be in this place. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we could gather here in your word, in this place. Lord, I understand the fear that many have in their hearts. It's not easy, especially when you're being bombarded day in and day out. I understand. Lord, I pray that the comfort of your Holy Spirit abide in each and every one of us. Let us be practical. Let us be, as you teach us, to be reasoned. But most important, to be trusting. Help us to trust and obey what you call us to faithfully do each and every week. For this I ask, in Jesus' name,
1: amen. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look forward.
0: What's it going to take for God's people to truly put their trust in His Son, Jesus Christ? Why do so many people that claim to be followers of Christ put their trust in Fauci, put their trust in Biden, put their trust in Walensky, put their trust in government, period? Why did the government want to lie to you? What's going on that you need to know about? Why do you keep looking? At the 2022 election here in the United States is our salvation. Stop it. Of course, when you vote in 2022, if we ever make it to voting in 2022, of course, let your faith rule your politics, not your politics rule your faith. That's rule number one. Stop saying we'll fix it in 2022 and then we'll really fix it in 2024. We don't know if we have that long. The longer we keep kicking the can down the road saying, we'll fix it in 2022. We'll get the right people in office. You just watch. We'll even get the Senate back someday. Hey, we'll get the White House again too. May never happen again. So what is your plan for the lost? Those that need to know Jesus Christ, those that need real hope. How do we build community that survives government oppression, destruction, that deals in a different economy than the rest of the world is only found in the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Look, the Lord is laying on my heart a tremendous amount of ministry opportunity, the likes I've never seen. And I'll share maybe more on Friday. If you believe in the ministry and wanna help pay the airtime bill, if you'll make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, that's the parent corporation, And mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And we are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. Prestview, Florida, 32536. Now, tomorrow, Jim Calhoun will be filling in for the Thursday edition, and he has a lot to say, and I really appreciate his heart for doing this. Would you tune in tomorrow and give him your support, too? Until then, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com.